In mid-January, the University of South Carolina unveiled an innovative study and collaborative workspace on level four of the Thomas Cooper Library. Several forces are at work here. As the student population has grown over the past decade, there is a need for more study space in the library. And as more volumes in the library have been digitized, there is less need to have stacks and stacks of books. And students are increasingly demanding more flexible space, spaces where they can meet in teams. The renovation, which began during Thanksgiving break in 2019, was completed before students and faculty returned to campus in January to minimize disruption. The furniture is from local company McWaters. When I took a tour of level four at the university, I was amazed. This is not the furniture that I am familiar with from the libraries of the 1970s. What I saw was over two dozen types of furniture pieces, collaborative technology pods with interactive monitors, small spaces, larger meeting spaces, whiteboards, plenty of cool lighting. Today we are going to be talking to Tom McNally, Dean of Libraries at the University of South Carolina, as well as Miranda Bennett, Associate Dean for Collections, about the strategy not just behind this project on the fourth floor of Thomas Cooper, but also the strategy for libraries over the next decade. Miranda, talk about the goal of the renovation to Level 4 at Thomas Cooper Library. So Level 4 was a great opportunity to meet a need that we've known about for a long time, which is that students need more space for studying, individually, in groups, side by side. And we have a wonderful building here at Thomas Cooper Library, but it is very, very full of print books and print journals. So Level 4 um, housed about 220,000 books and print journal volumes and um, had, it's always a little tricky to figure out how to count these things, but um, had over 31,000 linear feet of shelf space. Uh, so lots of, really we're talking miles of shelf space. And um, that was space that was really very valuable campus real estate. It could, we thought it could probably be put to better use. Um, so what we did is took that space, which again had some study space, some individual carols, probably 40 or 50 years old, um, but we wanted to provide more space and more appealing space for student study. So um, we needed to do something with all that print, all those books and journals. Uh, so most of what we decided to remove was uh, print journals. We're able to provide electronic access to a lot of that content already. It tends to be how students and faculty prefer to get journal articles anyway. Um, and most of the material on level four was in the sciences and engineering, which are areas where um, we do often, we are often able to provide that electronic coverage. Um, so a big piece of the project was making those decisions. Another big piece of the project was deciding what would go in the space freed up after we were able to make this move. And that was a really wonderful collaboration with University of South Carolina student government under the leadership of President Luke Rankin. And he brought together a group of, um, of his fellow student government folks. And they really focused on selecting the furniture and coming up with the layout. Uh, so we had several wonderful meetings with a team from McWaters, who's the vendor we worked with here in town. Um, to select a wide variety of uh, very cutting edge furniture. It's some, some of the newest products that are on the market for the um, higher education uh, environment. 
And they also work to select the color scheme, which I think looks fantastic. It's really in keeping with that science theme, a lot of blues and greens and some dynamic patterns. It's been really exciting to see what that looks like now that it's all set up. Tom, as the dean, what do you see as the strategy behind this renovation? Back in 1978 and even going forward, books and bound volumes were the coin of the realm. Uh, libraries strove to have more and more because the more books you had, the more research resources you had for your faculty and for your students. Um, but as a research library, we never throw anything away because if we acquired it, it must have been a value. If it's a value, it's always a value. So the stacks of every big research library now has filled up and up and up with books. We have three million volumes on the shelves in this building. We have a storage facility in Northeast Columbia that has 1.5 million volumes in it. Um, those items are used less and less and less every year. So you have this building, the Thomas Cooper Library, which is located in the exact geographical center of our university campus. And yet, what are we using it for? We're using it as a storage facility for volumes that aren't used anymore. That has to change. The students were saying loud and clear, we need more seating in the library, but we need modern seating. We need seating that uh, is consistent with the way we work. We collaborate with one another. So my question might be, why keep any books? Or maybe more appropriately, how did you decide which books to keep? Um, I was really keen to keep as many books. So again, thinking about like single title books, less about print journal volumes. Um, I really wanted to keep a lot of those on the floor. We have a wonderful print collection here. And I think, um, of course, faculty continue to have a, a, a real value for print, but students as well. And the material does circulate. It does get checked out. Um, and I'm really hopeful that with the new uh, configuration of furniture and shelving on level four, that students will actually be drawn into the collection, that it will become more inviting. They're no longer faced with an entire wall of physics journals that are all the same color and you don't even know where to begin. Instead, you might see part of the collection about the history of science. But I, I'm so pleased that our approach here has allowed us to have the, the furniture there for collaboration, for study, in the presence of a, a piece of the print legacy that I think, um, I think is not going to go away. What has the reaction been like to the new space? How many complaints have we had? Zero. Uh, how many of the things that are out there have been asked for? Zero. So we, we chose well, and that was part of Miranda's team was, what are you gonna pick? What's gonna go into this warehouse? What's gonna open up the space so we've got room for the furniture? So this is what we need to do now on every floor of the library. We need to go through, we need to look at what's used and what isn't. If it's not used, it's gotta go out to the warehouse, get it out of the way so we can put in more and more and more of this furniture because our enrollment has gone up and up and up. So when it gets to be finals, we've got kids sitting on the floor all through the building, or they walk in, they turn around, they walk right back out again because there's no place to sit. Or if they come in with a group of friends and they say, there's no place where we can all sit. Um, so we've added 100 additional places. 
We've added 100 pieces of furniture that the kids love. And once we do all of the levels of the library, we will have basically a renovated 21st century cutting edge library. And that's what we're after. Miranda, this might be a bit of a strange question, but what do you see as the future of books in libraries over the next decade? So um, as a collections librarian, I spend a lot of time thinking about the future of print collections. It's a huge issue across the board in academic libraries. And there are a lot of creative solutions that are being worked out. Um, so we are part of some collaborative projects where, uh, for example, um, many libraries, particularly with, uh, with journals, we're getting online subscriptions, right? So we are able to provide electronic access. It's very convenient. Um, people are very, for the most part, very comfortable with accessing journal articles electronically. That said, we all really trust print. We know that's an excellent technology in and of itself. So libraries are working together to ensure that the print, a collective print collection remains in existence for perpetuity. So we commit to hanging on to certain journal titles in print. Our colleagues in other libraries in other states around the region, around the country, commit to holding on to other titles. And then we have we can feel a little bit more confidence if we're making those print volumes less accessible in our libraries to our patrons. So that's one part of it. Um, Tom, you have seen a complete transformation of libraries over the past four decades. Talk about that. I was very lucky that I came into the profession. Um, I graduated from library school in 1978, so the timing was perfect to see the absolute transition from card catalogs and books to the beginning of digital resources, which were CD-ROMs that we started with. And then once it all became available on the internet, we saw the, the move to entirely internet-based and now cloud-based resources. So um, I'm, I'm lucky because I remember a time that the librarian of today is not familiar with, a time when we had a card catalog. So when we have parents in, I love to, to say to them, in your time, if you wanted to see a journal article, first you would go to the Reader's Guide to Periodical Literature. You'd find the article that you wanted. Then you would go to the card catalog to see if we had that magazine. Uh, and you'd get the call number. Then you'd go downstairs and you'd find the volume that you wanted. You'd open it up, hope that no one had torn the pages out. Then you would go and look for a uh, copy machine, one that worked, and you had enough dimes to copy that article. And so then I show them something like Science Direct which is an index that covers 2,000 of the most advanced science journals in the world. We pay $2 million a year for access to it. But you can enter whatever keywords you want, bam. Right away, the most advanced scientific literature comes up on the screen. Then, let's say you're reading an article about some scientific construct, and you'd like to know what things that author consulted. You can go to their bibliography, click on the items in the bibliography, bam, it takes you right to those articles instantly. So uh, that is really the transformation that I've seen from the days of card catalogs to what we have now. Tom, what are you most proud of in terms of accomplishments in your deanship? In looking at my deanship, 
there really will be two things which will be my legacies. The first is I don't really like to buy books because there are lots of copies of books. I like to buy manuscripts because they're one of a kind. So in the time that I've been here, I've acquired Pat Conroy's papers, I acquired Elmore Leonard's papers, I acquired Dashiell Hammett's letters. Uh, so unique materials bring great scholars to the university. Um, and um, so we have advanced enormously on our manuscript collections. The other thing that I'm doing that's very important is we are renovating the South Carolina Library. It is the first freestanding college library in the United States, built in 1840 from a Robert Mills design. And I was walking through the library one day, and I said, where are the sprinklers? And I realized there were no sprinklers. And I said, show me the fire detection units. I saw them, I immediately recognized that they were from the 1980s. And I went to see Harris Pastides, and I sat with Harris and I said, Harris, what are we gonna do? And he said, you are going to get everything out of that library right now, and if anything happens before we can get it out, we're both gonna resign. I think he mainly meant me, but we did it. We got everything out of the library. The library has been empty now for almost two years as we have had an architectural team studying that building. We're just about ready to begin the renovation. When it's done, it will still be a great library, but we'll also have a museum component to it so that we can exhibit the great treasures of that particular library. It is the greatest Southern history collection that exists, and yet we have no place to exhibit what they have. When it's done, we will have that, and it will be what it should be, which is the jewel of the horseshoe, the most iconic building in Columbia, possibly in the state. Uh, and when the day that I'm finished with that building is probably going to be the day I retire because it will never get any better than that.